This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories brought to you by Sports at Orsal. God dang it. This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories brought to you by Sports and Ortho Physical Therapy. And Sports and Ortho is a physical therapy and uh, sports medicine clinic where you can go get direct access to uh, physical therapists and and a primary physician actually they have over there too. Um, well, they're privately owned. They're not some goofy corporation. And I can speak for experience that the ownership, uh, Dahlia, especially of Sports and Ortho, uh, amazing generosity for us and our department and departments. Uh, Seeking out help too, uh, right? It's just her generosity is unbelievable. And I know they're big on they're big on one on one appointments. You know, they're they're huge where you're not just going to go in and um, and meet with a random person or meet with a group of people like yeah. it's. Dahlia said that ninety percent of her clientele are CFD CPD. So she understands the process. You don't need a doctor's note to use them. It's covered under our city policy. You can request them if you're being sent to physical therapy and you want to go uh, to Sports and Ortho. There's always one by any one of our houses uh, for city employees. There's numerous locations everywhere, so there's always going to be one close to you. Yeah, they're all around the Chicago land area. Yeah, so give them a call or visit them at sportsandortho.net, and uh, they'll they'll get you fixed up. Yep. Yeah. It's been a while. You remember how to work all this? Wow. Listen, this conversation has already gone off the Wow. Rails. Yeah. Well, we were talking about indigenous people. Yeah. But, uh, and the indigenous <laughs> traffic uh, on a Sunday morning now in Chicago. Thank you. Crazy. Yeah. Illinois. I yeah. Got. That is horrible. But in good news, we have Chris Fields. A very Hi, special Chris. guest. Hello, gentlemen. Well, I, I was going to say that, but I caught myself because I say that for every guest. I wanted people to know that it was a special guest when they listened to the podcast. Oh. You know, you let them let them find <laughs> let out. Them do the math. Yeah. Them, you know? Yeah. We're speaking to firemen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, have you guys been catching flack about being off for so long? Yeah, I blame it all on Corey. I do, too. Without a doubt. I blame it on me, too. But uh, <laughs> it is all Corey's fault. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we do have Chris Fields here. Yep. Yep. Um, Hi, Chris. <laughs> Chris, tell everybody what you're in town for. Oh, I'm in town for the... Uh, <laughs> Let's throw you under wow. the bus as I'm in town specifically for this podcast. Hey! hey. And, All and, right. and why I'm here, I'm going to go speak at the 100 Club of Illinois. Yeah. Uh, Just because you're in town for Frontline conference, yeah. 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 But this with, was the main reason. With our BFFs, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. From the 100 Club from the 100 of Illinois. Club. Yeah. Now, is that, a, is, that a, is that a real BFF or was that oh, sarcastic? Yeah. No. No. Okay. okay. She, she sat in that very seat. Yeah. And Kelsey. And Kelsey sat in that, that seat, seat right there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, but uh, Kelsey's appearance here was under a different uh, employment. The, uh, yeah. 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 So sure. it, it has come full circle. Yeah, there you go. Kaylin's the best. She is. Uh, cool. Without a doubt. Uh, 
it's I'm glad that they managed to get their hands on you so mm-hmm. that uh, you can make this frontline conference. For people who don't know the name Chris Fields, what are you mostly associated with? Well, how would yeah. people... Someone Googles your name, Chris. Yeah. What, what is up? the first thing that pops up? I mean, or we second, know. the second thing that pops up, actually. <laughs> oh, what's the first? No, well, you know. <laughs> I don't want to Google it. We were talking about <laughs> no. the couch, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You guys went over the couch? Yes. Yes. Chris? yes. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Chris. We didn't go on the couch. <laughs> yeah. oh, all right. It's early. Uh, it's early. Don't take a nap on that couch, by the way. <laughs> the, um, if you Googled my name... Uh, and skipped over the one that was a former Ohio State football player, Chris Fields. Yeah, he's, oh. uh, he's on there. Yeah, that's uh, it's uh, the firefighter from the Oklahoma City bombing that was holding Bailey Allman, the what became known as the symbol of the Oklahoma City bombing. I, I well, suppose. It, it, when you say iconic picture, that picture won a Pulitzer for the guy for mm-hmm. that actual uh, photograph. I mean, there's there's not, not the guy who was holding. Anybody, but the but the guy who took the, the picture off. Yeah, the uh, photographer. That, we'll get into that because there's, there's there's controversy over that as well. There's oh, two right. iconic. It's like the most iconic, Pictures. I would say, in my impression, iconic fire service photos, which are also iconic American history photos. Sure. And one let me is. Get, let me guess if I can guess the second one. It's uh, it, Dick Scheid. Yeah, Dick, you Dick got Chad, Chris right? and, and Dick, yeah. and uh, uh, Dick from the Our Lady of Angels uh, fire right here in uh, Chicago um, when he came out with a little kid mm. from Our Lady of Angels, and just photographer was there, right place at the right time, and snap, oh. you know, uh, again, one his was before yours, obviously, right. but, the, but that was probably one of the most iconic fire service photos, and then... Un- <clears throat> the unfortunate event that you were involved in, you know, right. and then that one, those are two that, you know, really, when you think of that, I, they're ingrained in my head. Yeah. When like you, you think about iconic photos in the fire service, those two pop into my head yeah. know, right away. Yeah. And this has been, you're, you're retired now mm-hmm. and that photo has been out there forever I don't want to be the the guy that keep, keep piling on. I mean, <laughs> but going back to the photo, there were two guys that took almost the exact similar photo, like seconds apart. Mm-hmm. One guy gets the credit, gets, but the other guy's photo is almost identical. And, and he works at a gas station in Oklahoma. <laughs> <right now. laughs> well, don't forget, like that photo was taken before there were cell phones, mm. and well, these guys took their film to the photo mat to yeah. get it developed. You know, so that's how. Yeah. And, most uh, people and, know what a photo right. mat is. Yeah. Or but, uh, was it? Yeah, it, it was like a photo mat or a Walmart or something that Kodak. he had to take yeah. it to, and somebody convinced him that he should, like, turn that into the newspaper or something right. like that, and from then on. The, they ran with the story and used that picture, and it well, just not only you know turn it into the newspaper, but that's a crime scene photo, you know, like <laughs> right. uh, you got to turn that into the authorities. Well, I, the the one that won the <clears throat> the prize and everything, it was uh, this what he did. He took it to the photo mat to get developed, and the guy called him, or when he came to pick up the film pictures, he said, "Hey, you've got some photos in here. You need to call the Associated Press." Is what he did, and. Uh, do y'all know the other story about the other guy? No, that's what I wanted uh, yeah. to get into. Well, they had to have a – the way I understand it, they have a, had to have an expert come in and look at the two photos 
and you, I think you can tell by like there's a, the shadow on my helmet or something. They could tell the difference whose was whose. Uh, the other guy was an employee for ONG, which is Oklahoma Natural Gas. He was a safety guy. Uh, he just recently passed away, like three or four years ago, I think. Um, drawing a blank on his name, but um, of course, when it first exploded, you know, the bomb first went off. Everybody was thinking a natural gas explosion, uh, just all this stuff. So he responds down there on the clock for ONG. Oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the clock. He was oh, using really? yeah. he was using their film, their camera. They wanted the picture, so he took the picture, yeah. and then a couple of days later, he's selling there's people selling statues of it there's uh, t-shirts with the photo on it and all this stuff yeah. and so they gave him an ultimatum right ong came in and said give us the photo the photo is ong's not just the photo, but the money too they right. wanted yeah and they yeah. said the photo is ong's uh, because you were on the clock for us our our camera our film and he said no uh, I think I'm going to risk a 30-something-year retirement pension and keep it, and we'll just go to court. Well, he yeah. he lost the battle in court. Oh, my And he'd gosh. already been – my understanding, I didn't follow it real close. Yeah. My understanding, he'd already been terminated and gave up everything yeah, to they, fight for the right said, to the photo and the court You either give us the him. stuff back or you're done, and he said, I'll take my chances. Right, and he and took I, them. I, yeah, and, um, I, don't, I don't remember reading past that, but – um, my understanding was it didn't go that well for him. Uh, no, no, it didn't go well at all. I didn't, like I said, I don't really didn't follow much after that, but everybody was like, you're kidding me, man. He, he gave up, I think he was with the company like 30 something years. Yeah. Oh. Dang. Crazy. That's a, that's a big roll of the dice. And then, um, yeah. then, then flip the other side, same photo. Yeah. His gets picked up by the Associated Press and he wins a million bucks for the <laughs> I know Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> So crazy. That is crazy. So you were an on duty. How far away is your firehouse from the federal building? Uh, it was fifteen blocks north. It was. Uh, were you were you first due to that? We were. It depends on what side. I mean, because you <laughs> couldn't get through the street because yeah. of course the building was there. But um, we were probably one of the first one or two on the, coming in from the, what would be the east side. Just because our location and uh, now Station One was only like um, the Murrah Building was on Northwest Fifth or Sixth, and headquarters was on Northwest Fifth, like three blocks to the west. So they were there pretty quick. But the other companies, uh, I was at Station Five, Station Five, and Station Six, and Station Eight. We were all there, kind of simultaneously. Well, let's set the stage a little bit here. How, how much time on the job did you have that uh, day? Uh, that you, day, I had. I had ten years on. You had, a, you had was, ten years. Yeah, okay. I was a captain. Uh, oh, okay. Already. I was okay. a, I was a, I was a overachiever. I guess I should say. <laughs> I made um, my first two promotions. I made on the first try for driver, which was a sergeant rank, and then uh, yeah, captain. you have you have some weird um, ranks there because you retired as a major, right? Yeah, I explained that the other day at a deal. Somebody said. Uh, they asked me what branch I was in. I said I, I didn't do the military. I didn't serve. And they the said fire well, you're, one. They said you're a major. And I said that was a union deal. Uh, union always wants you to make more money, so they came in with a career development plan. Our ranks used to be firefighter, sergeant, and captain, and chief, district chief, and then assistant chief. Well, then they came in with firefighter and then after so many years, if you go to this two week academy and pass your what they call relief driver, your apparatus 
operator academy you're engineer you became a corporal no. huh. so it's in between okay. so it's just an extension of firefighter but you get a pay raise okay. i like it lieutenant they just keep adding pay steps for you guys, lieutenant huh? became an extension of uh sergeant and then major was an extension of captain interesting so it was just a it yeah. was a it was a so money deal um, so, like, kind of getting back to what Steve was saying, set the stage. So, you were you were born and raised in Oklahoma City, you said, right? Uh, born and raised. Uh, okay. Yeah, born and raised right there, and I think maybe as a. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah. So you were born and raised there. Yeah, born were, and raised. Uh, um, maybe a brief time. I think we moved to El Paso, Texas, when I was just a. I mean, like two. Sure. Yeah, and then, then moved right back to Oklahoma, but. That's yeah. where I've always been. Do you okay. have any family in the fire service? Uh, my uncle was a... Is that uh, what got you in? No, actually what got me in was a uh, gentleman named Benny Zellner, this church I grew up with at. Our, uh, my best friend growing up, mm-hmm. his dad was a preacher, okay. and he was a chaplain of the Oklahoma City Fire Department. So on the weekends, we would go by the fire stations, hang out at the fire stations, and all these firefighters went to... Because they all probably need to be in church on Sunday. Would all go to, uh, <laughs> would all go to this church. And a guy named Benny Zellner, and I talk about him when I do my presentation because he, he was, uh, I got hired in 85, and he was killed in a house fire in 89. Oh. And uh, so I always talk about Benny, but that's how I kind of, I just grew up around the environment at church, really. Yeah. And then we would go with uh, my friend's dad, Pastor Paul, to the fire stations and play volleyball and, you know, eat dinner with them. And it was just a cool environment, and I just kind of. Were you at Benny's fire when he got uh, we went over on the second alarm. Okay. Yeah, it was a flashover. It killed uh, him, and uh, he was a captain, and it killed another captain named Jimmy Ayers, and it killed a kid named Jeff Lindsay that I'd actually went to rookie school with. Uh, so and, uh, it was in 1989. Yeah, you know, just one of those routine, you know, house fires. Bread and butter house fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, if, yeah, if we learn anything on this podcast, is, it's not, the routine yeah. stuff. Yes. Yeah. Billy Heenan. Yeah. Routine, routine, yeah. routine kitchen fire, right? Yeah. And look what happened to him. Yeah. yeah, this one. I think they finally said that there was this thing had where Benny and them uh, and the squad went to do search. They uh, they thought it was vented because there was fire through the roof. Mm-hmm. Well, this thing had three or four add-ons, so it was just one section that was vented. And I guess where they went in, and I don't know what all there. We didn't get dispatched until until the second alarm, but it flashed and. Uh, I know there was people always say you can't imagine what they went through, and I said, I know the when we got there, they already had Jeff out uh, on the lane in the yard, but they said as they went through looking afterwards that I guess he was at the back of the house, and their way out was through the front, and there were uh, his like had a glove over here and a glove where he was just just because of the heat just shedding stuff trying to cool himself or you know get out of that stuff. So uh, every time I think about that image, I think. Man, I've been close. I got a photo of, uh, of me and another guy. Just it was in the newspaper. It just the flames are just coming right out the door behind us. We just barely, <laughs> we just barely well, got we'll out. Send us that photo. We'll, we'll put it online. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I got um, it. Hey, are you married? I am married. I have been married for by the grace of God, thirty five. Well, this, we're we're going to get into that, yeah, too, because be that comes into years. play, right? Yeah. I was going to say, those photos, you've got to make your wife pretty happy. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Not. be well, 36 years yeah. this year. Well, when you hear that part of Chris's story, photos aren't really a yeah. big yeah. deal, right, Chris? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. When, you, when you got hired by the fire department, did, did you only try, like, 
were your eyes set on on Oklahoma City? Uh, no, actually, um, I had tried at uh, Dell City Fire Department, which is a little suburb outside of Oklahoma City. Okay. I think it's got two stations, and and uh, I think I was nineteen, and I didn't get hired. Man, I was crushed. I thought my world was over. I didn't get hired. What am I going to do? I thought so. Uh, I go to Oklahoma City, fill out my application, and they were having a 25-man rookie class. And I think there was 17, 1,800 applicants maybe. Wow. And uh, I I guess I finished 26th on the list. And the one of the guys didn't pass. Once you get the job offer, you have to go for the final physical. And something in his final physical threw up a red flag, so they booted him. And uh, that made you uh, that moved, moved you me up. up twenty. I was actually <laughs> I was actually out of town, and uh, I was actually at a church camp. Me of all people being a counselor or kind of helping, not really like a sponsor. My mom calls and says, "Hey, um, a Paul Benson, who was the assistant chief at the time, she said uh, he called and I told him you're out of town, and he said, well, you need to get hold of him and tell him if he wants to get on the fire department, he needs to be in my office at seven o'clock in the morning." <laughs> Wow. So I left this place I was at like 11 o'clock at night, drove, drove yeah, back, <laughs> and uh, was in his office at 7 a.m. that morning, and he made the job offer, and I went and got my final physical. What, and, what did you get paid back then? Uh, $12,001 a year. <laughs> so it was like seven-something an hour. I think my first paycheck was like 320-something for two weeks. Wow. And that was huge, right? Yeah. yeah. But my first paycheck I actually saw – when they passed out the paychecks, they accidentally gave me my uncle's. Oh, and you didn't want to see that. <laughs> he was a uh, he was a driver at the time, so a sergeant. My first open that th- I opened it. I didn't even look at the name. They just came through rookie. We were in rookie school. And we got our first paycheck, and they handed them out. And I ripped it open. I thought, hey, that ain't bad. Uh, <laughs> and then, no, no, no. then they came in there, and <laughs> that ain't for you. Well, I, as soon as I soon I thought that ain't bad. I looked and it said William. Uh, William L. Fields. I thought, oh, uh, shit, this ain't good. <laughs> yeah, but, well, just think about what your uncle felt like when he got yours. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it was definitely a uh, it was definitely a culture shock. Yeah. You know, going from uh, to 325 bucks every two weeks. Need to say, I moved back. I moved. I was in, living in an apartment with a guy. I moved back home with mom. Uh, yeah, there was limited funds available. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, how was how was the the fire academy or the you said rookie school you guys called it? Yeah, rookie school. It was um, back was then. Rookie school, just at the academy. What you guys call going to the academy? Mm-hmm. Do you go to like an offsite or is this no, done in the firehouse? No, it's done at the. Yeah, it's uh, there's a training facility. The police okay. and fire share. And then we have the drill ground with the drill tower and everything. Are you guys we, called candidates? Probably like what do you uh, newbies you're, you're, with all your terminology that's so different yeah. yeah doing the same job well now now you just you really can't call them anything now <laughs> you know <laughs> you just have to address them by their name now yeah. but you know we were called you know newbies new guys you know probies rookies you know yeah. you name it and a few other yeah expletives <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 so and how long was that how long was uh god back then it was only like uh 12 weeks i think i started july I started July twelfth, nineteen eighty five, and I graduated rookie school September. So it was only like twelve weeks, and it was just they say to, so so different than it is than it is now. I was gonna say, and, and so like not to, I know Vince hates it when I slow things down, but uh, <laughs> like I mean, just 
a lot of people don't know what, I mean, including myself, have no idea what Oklahoma City looks like. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it, it can be kind of rough in a lot of areas, huh? Yeah, it's and, uh, Oklahoma City is, and, and it's, it's, Oklahoma City is 622 square miles. Okay. It is 37 fire stations, 1,000 um, something. 37. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're, like I say, you can drive out of Oklahoma City and drive through a suburb called, it's Moore, Oklahoma. And as soon as you drive through Moore, you're back in Oklahoma City. There's a, a suburb called The Village, Nichols Hills. You drive through them, and you're back, back in Oklahoma City. So they all sit inside these Oklahoma. So there's a lot of mutual aid stuff that goes on. But uh, we have a lot of rule, of course. You can expect that. Sure. And uh, But it's just a – you get down in downtown, and so there's some there's – some, there's some rough areas. Yeah. It's a no, – we're not really proud of the crime rate there. Which, I mean, is almost <laughs> – I mean, you guys could probably say it's almost the opposite here, right? I mean, downtown is generally pretty, or used to be pretty untouched, and then it was pretty much everything outside of downtown that was kind of rough for Chicago. It, no? it is now it's, it's changed dramatically. Yeah. Um, it's not even just, worth getting into. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I should back that up and say our down because in case the Chamber of Commerce ever listens to this, it's a uh, downtown really is. It's they have done. They came up with these uh, maps projects, metro politan area projects or something mm-hmm. penny sales tax deal you know but man they have done so we have a huge area called Bricktown. it's all these old uh, buildings that now are restaurants and shops and a river walk kind of like in san antonio has yeah. you've been down there you've got one of those and downtown's kind of where the um, i don't know what you call that age group now the 20 26 to 35 you know the young yuppie kind yeah, of group they live jeans. in the, they live yeah. in the they live in the downtown high-rise apartments that they put in down there i think so, we just use the blanket term hipsters yeah, yeah there you yeah. go yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know they got hipsters in oklahoma city too yeah <laughs> look at that <laughs> so but uh, it's uh and so like when you when you got the academy like you guys i mean oklahoma city um the firemen the fire department you guys staff everything right you guys staff the fire engines the fire trucks the ambulances uh the stuff. ambulance is done by Private ambulance service uh, called IMSA, okay. which um, I would I'll go out on a limb and say here probably within the next couple of years it'll end up being the fire service take it over. Yeah. The city actually owns the ambulances, and then they and then this company supplies staffs the medic them. staffs them. But yeah. the city ends up subsidizing this company like three million dollars every year. Yeah, so why not same, just why not just take, take it over? It's the same thing that goes on in all the suburbs. Surrounding the city of Chicago, or not all of them, but oh, yeah. there, uh, uh, some of them, and uh, there were a lot more uh, within the last ten years or so. And there's been a big move to get rid of the exact same business model. There's been a giant move oh, yeah. to get rid of those because it's just not. Shout sorry. out to Blue Island. Blue Island. <laughs> Who else? Silver spanning Blue Island. Who else just did it too? Cicero. Uh, Forest River. Park, North Forest Riverside. Park, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and those were old school, uh, 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 Norwich fire protection district. Um, so yeah, those and are, I, and, then, and when I got hired, all this, all these new improvements I was talking about, yeah, all the urban renewal was going on. So everything was burning down. When I got hired, it was just like pretty busy. It was crazy. I got, okay. And fortunately for me, my, uh, when you get on the first year, you do a rotation, you go to a different station every three months. Mm-hmm. And every station I went to was a just uh, popping. And then when I got down to headquarters, at headquarters you had engine one, engine 51, ladder one, squad one, and then the chief. But squad one and engine 51 made everything second alarm or bigger no matter where it was at in the city. So that was uh, 
That was that was, that was your automatic response for anything in the city. Yeah, it wasn't if it was when, right? Yeah, they was you know it gets all the next closest engines and ladders, but for sure, Squad One, Engine Fifty One were going also. So it was uh, it was running and gunning back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Well, I think with that urban mm-hmm. renewal, that that's part of the process is these building owners just start setting fires <laughs> to their shit because that land is now valuable. But they gotta remove what's on there yeah. in order to cash that lotto ticket. Yeah, it was a it was a busy it was a busy running and gunning time. Yeah. yeah, or even or even weirder, they'll have like the the property itself or the the land itself is owned by one person, yeah. and the property is owned by someone else. Oh, and like, yeah. oh dude, we got we got to get these guys out of the equation. You know, <laughs> this was back when you know bunker pants were an option. It was three quarter boots and. Oh, yeah, really? so, yeah. I was gonna say. So, what what does like a young impe- impressionable Chris look like walking in the doors the first day? Oh. Uh, what that day look like? Do you remember it? This episode of Chicago's Bravest Stories is brought to you by the Frontline Team, and their phone number is six three zero five three four twenty nine hundred. You guys can also email them at the Frontline Team at thefederalsavingsbank dot com. Your support is so important, and I, I, I've realized that just over my lifespan that you have to be able to talk to someone. And if you're going through the mortgage process and you also have someone who has shared life experiences, and you're able to talk to them about the shit you're going through. Like, I didn't feel embarrassed about asking Josh a question because yeah. Josh knows where I come from. You know, I'm like, hey, uh, I know this sounds dumb, but blah, 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 blah. I'm just a fireman. I don't know anything about banks mm-hmm. or mortgages or right. blah, blah, blah. I try my best, but that's not really where my you know, my forte. And he understand he understands that because I think a majority yeah. of the firemen out there, cops and paramedics and like, we're so preoccupied with other things. It's like, dude, I just want a cheap loan and I don't want to get screwed. How, yeah. how does this work? Can you, can you help me out? And he's like, he understands that. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. I, I love what we do. Yeah. I think I had a bi-level Haircut. Oh, wait, <laughs> yeah. what do you mean by, by, what do you mean by like a bi level? Like, like a, a short mullet, kind of, you know. <laughs> so you're, you were all business in the front. Yeah, party in the back. But that was back, baby. standard was, issue for Oklahoma, though, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like any other 21 year old, 20 year olds get hired. You know, I was cock of the walk, you know. I oh, was, yeah. Uh, I, my first station was station 17, and uh, shift changes at 7 a.m. Uh-huh. So I was sitting out in the parking lot like at 5 30, waiting. Um, the officer, I was on the green shift when I got our C shift. The officer from the uh, other shift, I guess, got up to make do coffee about 6 a.m. and saw me sitting out in the parking lot and said, went out there, friendly guy, said, hey, won't you come on in, have coffee, wait for your, your crew. They all start getting here about now. Well, as soon as I walked in, the lights kicked on, and the squad was getting a uh, full arrest call. And he said, grab your shit, let's go. Yeah. So, so I hadn't been in the door five minutes, and, and you, you, there was no EMT program or anything like that. Uh, we were first responders. Yeah. That was the title. And so you uh, went to a full arrest with nothing but <laughs> gut and determination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Yes, and an Oklahoma City mullet and, baby. A, and a mullet to boot. There you <laughs> go. Say, walked in the door, and five minutes later, I'm doing compressions on somebody. You and know? That was your first day. Your that first was, that hour. Was my, that was my first hour, mm-hmm. and. I always tell people, you can push on those CPR dummies all you want, <laughs> but to hear that first sternum crack or that first, that's, uh, you think, 
you kind of back off like that. I push too hard. Yeah. And they say, no, you're doing it right. I mean, especially for you. I mean, it sounds like you didn't even, you didn't really have much fire experience walking in, let alone like medical mm-hmm. background. You know, no, like, we were, we were, uh, there were some guys that went and got EMT and back then on and paramedic on their own, but it didn't matter because you couldn't practice on the fire service. They didn't give you any extra pay for it or nothing. Didn't like extra pay and you couldn't push drugs because you didn't have them. Um, but, uh, so we were, I think that's what we were called. We were first responders. And, uh, so we, so would, you basically had an AED. I don't know if we had oh, those. First responders even have an AED? No. Oh, dude. Nah. No, yeah. could, I had to become an EMT. And then there was a special deal for EMTD, which means you could do the defibrillator. Oh. You know, I mean, oh, Jesus. Yeah, we used to carry in a, the O2 with on the wheels, you know, a little deal of O2 <laughs> on the wheels, O2 tank and a first aid kit, man. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Jesus. You know? It wasn't much to it. And then, of course, now they're completely every engine's ALS, and they're pushing drugs, you know. And oh, yeah. So Oklahoma is, they went to an ALS program yeah. during your time? Yes. I, I've did, never. Did Oklahoma it, send guys to paramedic school? Or did were they just mandatory, you had to have that as you started getting hired on? Um, I think now you they require you to be an EMT at least. And I don't think you have to be one when you actually get hired. But they'll give it to you, but within a year, you've got to pass your, yeah, you know, t- and then the, the paramedic, they'll take so many volunteers a year and run a paramedic academy. I just never, it never made my eyes light up thinking about, I don't want to sit there and decide on what drugs to push or push the right one or the right amount. Or, <laughs> and then when they first started. Ben the says end, the same thing. Yeah. He says well, the same thing. I'll give you a little insight into the they were offering it first. Where it's like, you, don't, you don't need to decide. Those decisions <laughs> are made for you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But and when uh, in doubt, the best medicine to give somebody is diesel fuel. <laughs> exactly. Get it, baby. <laughs> so you're, um, I mean, Again, we, we got a big event we're leading up to in ninety six, but anything pretty notable to your career leading up to that that you can that you want to talk about? Uh, you know, we had the the house fire, like I said, in eighty nine that uh that uh, killed the three brothers. And um you know, other than that, you know, we've a lot of it was around ninety five when the bombing happened, but we had some we've had massive floods. Of course we still have the largest F five tornado ever recorded, you know, on May third in nineteen ninety nine. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. 385 mile an hour wind something like that oh my God. yeah it was absolute and it tracked for did it go right through a trailer park uh no it missed the trailer park okay there's plenty to hit i don't know why tornadoes <laughs> hate trailer parks because it's easy target yeah. <laughs> not much but it leveled i think it stayed on the ground for over like five or six miles it's ridiculous the swath that it uh I was going to say, that's the one thing that kind of like, not, I mean, this is, this is clearly not a fucking weather program, but like, but. that's the one thing that always gets me, like when they show footage of like tornado events and it's like, there'll be a fucking two by four that went through a brick wall and then like right next to it was like a baby carriage that didn't move. Right. Like it's, it's just crazy. It's bananas. The There's a, of like forces like sunrise oh, in one area. I've got pictures on my computer from that. Uh, I've showed some people. It's just, I mean, whole residential neighborhoods are just leveled leveled and then but there may be one house where it skipped over skips over a couple of houses yeah we saw a at steve's uh, house yeah steve's nothing ever <laughs> never, nothing ever touched steve's house he's so, in the bubble we saw a two by four through a you know how thick a horse's neck is all two by four through a horse's neck really uh, yeah it's all it's weird there's some crazy stories from that we rescued a uh a furby uh a furby you know those little uh the toy yeah they uh we were the next day. We were 
going through the neighborhoods. Oh, and, uh, okay. All right. And there was a bunch of stuff piled on top of a car in the driveway. And this guy named, he wouldn't care me saying his name, Lyndall Hadlock, one of the greatest guys ever. He keeps, he's walking over, he's going, I think I hear something. <laughs> so he is, where he's digging through this uh, rubble. His hands are getting cut up and uh, he's digging through. And all you can hear is, it's saying, get me out of here or let me out. Let me out. Well, what back the at the, fuck? yes. <laughs> so he's reaching down. And so our, the chief I'm walking around with, yeah. Tony Young, he radios that we found somebody. Oh my God. On the radio. Oh boy. <laughs> and so we'll get you out. Yeah. So <laughs> Lindell's, he's reaching down there feeling and he feels like he says, it feels like a, a leg, a mushy leg. You know, like he says, squeeze it. So long story short, dig down there. The, the, what he was feeling was a leg and a shoe was like a three foot tall stuffed bunny rabbit. <laughs> and then the, 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 the voice he was hearing was like, uh, McDonald's, uh, the kid toys they give away. Yeah. It was the Furby deal. If you opened it up, it was him in the box saying, let me out, let oh me out. And you open God. it. That's the voice he was hearing. Jesus I mean, yeah, I was like, and so, uh, where did that, that Furby wound up in his locker or something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, that so, Furby's uh, probably still at the firehouse. So chief young had to get on the radio and, told him that uh, we didn't have a victim he said I, I think he told him he'd call him by phone or something <laughs> to explain what was going on he didn't want to put that over the radio yeah no not that part of it so man there's yeah, always just, something yeah a lot of i was gonna say so just a lot of stuff going on out by you guys was is it pretty heavy ems or, or is it, it, it is now i guess that's kind of maybe across the country too it's yeah. just no some more so much more ems now than it uh than it used to be well we have you know those educational programs out that are you know the signs of stroke call you know yeah. call 911 the signs of a heart right. attack call yeah. 911 you know blah 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 so yeah and you know they are doing the deal now where they they prioritize it now and in, in oklahoma city fire they have our own dispatch so they'll with IMSA, they'll work and prioritize it whether the fire engine needs to go or not you know so they are kind of getting away from the you know spider bites at 3 a.m. in the morning, you know, yeah. or something like that. Well, your people need to talk to our people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, let's let's go back because we kind of left you hanging in front of the building of the – in front of federal building right when the bombings happened. In the, in the picture, you're not fully dressed. How did that whole thing take place with – who handed – the baby to you it was a police officer right uh the police officer um what happened we got on the scene it was a daycare that there was a daycare on the first, first floor, floor uh, right yeah, second floor second floor yeah okay second floor of the uh federal building called america's kids daycare and um we had we got there and there was a there was a ymca caddy corner from the federal building that had a daycare in it also when we got there uh lots of walking wounded you know of flying debris the glass and everything and so we set up a triage right there um at my station there was three rigs that day i was the officer on the hazard materials unit and there was an engine and a ladder and uh, so we set up triage and uh the, the hazmat rig set up the, the engine officer did okay so we were just with him um and so we were just kind of helping doing because there was quite a few coming out of that building and then the uh incident commander at the time uh, just called for hazmat five to come down to the scene. And first thing he said, we went and helped down in the basement, help the police department get a lady out. Then he gave us another assignment. We were walking to the South side of the building and 
man, he just appeared. I didn't see him come around a corner, come out of a yeah. doorway or anything. He just standing there, and he said he had a critical infant. And uh, Sergeant John Avery, and uh, I just said, here, I'll take her. And the first thing I did was uh, check her for any, you know, signs of life, and there wasn't any. She had an open skull fracture, and I cleaned a lot of uh, concrete dust uh, out of her throat. And across the street, uh, an IMSA unit was sitting over there, ambulance, IMSA. And so I walked over there, and I said the exact same thing Sergeant Avery did. I said, I have a critical infant. And the – I don't want to get too twisty here. But now that I – when the first time I saw the photo, we can get into that, was 11 o'clock that night. No, I mean, actually, it was the next day. I didn't find out about the photo until 11 o'clock that night. When I saw the photo, <laughs> I knew exactly where I was standing and what I was doing. I had just told the paramedic that I had a critical infant, and there was no room in the ambulance. Somebody was on the floor, on the cot, and up on the bench, and several people laying around on backboards. And he said, well, hold on a second. Let me get a blanket uh, so that way we don't have to lay her on the ground. And so – he had turned around and was talking to somebody about getting a blanket. And I was just standing there looking at her thinking, man, you know. So you guys had already tri- triaged their deceased. And you were just trying to find a place to place her. You know, and when I said I had a critical inference, it's because I didn't, I wasn't going to call her. I didn't right. think, you know, because as a matter of fact, I think they got a Doppler, you know, Doppler deal out, tried to see if they could get anything and, but that was, you know, more their job yeah. to say, to call somebody, unless it's just obvious. And um, so I just told him I had a critical infant, and they, they, he was getting a blanket to put her on so he could start. And he he gave her the whole, you know, checked her over just like I did. Yeah. And um, I actually, as soon as I gave him to her, uh, or gave her to him, I uh, I turned and walked and went and caught up with my my crew. So I don't know if so he you. Called. You kind of, they kind of intercepted you on your way to go. Yes, and I told the crew to go ahead and meet up with, because we were supposed to go report to whoever was in charge. Yeah, of that. just like I, what, I don't know if it was a sector then or, or division or whatever you call. Yeah, but uh, so I told them to go ahead and go over there, and I'd catch up with them, and uh, that's what I did. I gave, but um, yeah, I just I even when they called and I found out about the photo, I still didn't realize when it was taken. But once I saw it the next day. So that had, the the photo got developed, and you already had ideas that that photo was out there way early. What happened? We got released to go back to the station at 11, 11 or eleven thirty that night, and um, the circuit line rings from dispatch. So I picked it up, and it was uh, our chief over the dispatch named Harvey Weathers, a good friend of mine. And uh, he said, "Hey, Chris," he said, "Did you carry a baby out of the building?" I said, uh, "No." I said. Uh, said a gentleman because i didn't realize he was a police officer at the time i said a gentleman handed me a baby but i didn't carry a baby out and he said well i got a photo they i guess the uh, associated press had faxed them a photo and want them to identify the firefighter in the photo he said uh chief mars who was our fire chief at the time gary mars he said chief mars says if we can say who it, if we can tell who it is we can identify you i said well yeah it's just public record and it's not a big secret and he said, man, it looks like you. And there was two other officers there, captains, that had red helmets on. So I just asked them just to – I said, hey, y'all, and they said, carry a baby? And they said, no. 
I said, Harvey, I guess it's me. I said, what's going on with this photo? So you hadn't seen the picture at this Mm-mm. point when they're calling you. You, I, you know, it was one of you three. Yeah, right. right. Okay. And, and, and Harvey said, well, he said, Chris, I can tell it's you. And I said, well, I said, okay. <laughs> I like, you know, whatever. I right. said, what's going on? What, what photo? And he said, a photo of you holding a baby. He said, uh, the guy on Associated Press wants to identify the firefighter and said that picture is going worldwide in the morning. And I was like, typical fireman. <laughs> I was like, okay, see you, Harvey. Have a good one. You know, we hung up, and everybody was like, what was that about? And I said, totally, you know, it's kind of being this smart ass I am. I kind of did a little shimmy and said, I guess I'm going worldwide, just kind of being a smart ass, you know, not really realizing that, that it was actually the gravity going. of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next morning was when I saw it for the first time was the uh, – Wow, so that happened quick. Yeah, it was already the next morning. It was like the so that that that's why I have to imagine that this guy had an idea of what he had. Oh, no doubt that he wanted the rush to get this developed because he ha- he must have known that he had something special on his camera. Yeah, it was the next day. It was the it was the uh, little uh, inset picture on our paper, the Oklahoma, and then like the USA Today, the Dallas Morning News. It was the headline then we were watching the news shows that morning at the station and they were talking about how it was you know news around the world and they were showing all the headlines from around the world about this and all of them were showing that photo so you and you guys work a 24-hour shift right? yes yep okay so that can i take it back a little bit more so the the morning that you came in uh-huh. you guys what, what come in seven eight o'clock yeah. in the seven, morning, seven o'clock yeah and um and at this point in your career it's uh what was it 96 95 no, or i'm sorry yeah. 95 so 95 you got how many years on on the job uh, at the time 10 years 10 years yeah. on okay so you're i mean you're there you're, yeah you said you're captain on the hazmat yeah. rig at that point yeah and so what um you said the station that you work at uh, it's a couple rigs or are you the the house are you the officer no, no, i was the, the i was the uh the junior junior oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had uh yeah major uh our captain john cruz was a station officer curtis mayfield was the junior and curtis mayfield that's a great name yeah, huh? yeah right uh, especially back in 95 or li- or lizard eyes oh. that, was, that was his nickname i would go with there curtis mayfield i mean <laughs> that's just me i feel like curtis could probably beat me up so oh, just about that all name. of us at yeah. the same time yeah. probably so he was, uh, he, he's again, one of the nicest guys in the world, but he was, I don't know how he ever got on the fire department. He's like legally, <laughs> he had to do this to find his like a contact. I mean, Blind. seriously. Blind is what Chris is trying yeah. to say. And, and he would tell you that. I mean, if he didn't have his contacts in or his glasses on, he could, Mess. he could see a shadow of you just oh, about. Geez. Wow. But totally different when he had just a, just a great guy, but we called him lizard eyes. <laughs> but, uh, and then, so I was the junior, junior. Okay. So, so you how start, did, yeah. how, I'm sorry. How did this run? comment initially uh, yeah it came in at well back up we were i always remember it was a wednesday because at uh, every day of the week if you were working certain days you had duties around the station wednesday at station five as the yard day so there were guys out doing the yard and everything I, weeds, yeah, I remember it was, yeah. A, it was a beautiful day April in Oklahoma is usually pretty yeah, nice. Yeah. Let's say April. We're actually coming up on 20, 27 years, 28 years. 20, yeah. yeah. Uh, April 19th, 1995. Yeah. So it's a Wednesday. Yeah. You guys come in, start your shift. And, and start uh, our shift, and we're standing yeah. around and talking about getting ready to go to the grocery store and get our stuff for breakfast and sure. dinner. We yeah. usually ate 10 and 5. Breakfast okay. 10, dinner 5, snacks during the day, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So um, 
What's your food club? I like. Wait, hold what, on a what second. What does it cost to eat? That's this? a solid move. I like the ten o'clock. Right? I do. That's yeah. a solid move because usually around ten o'clock, right? You kind of you got most of the housework wrapped up. Maybe you drilled <laughs> a little bit, right? You're waiting for the cook to come back or whatever, and. The bag of Doritos is out there. That it's just there. That the half donut Doritos. that the Jagoff on the third shift left out. You is know it tastes like shit, but you're like, ah, take a quarter yeah, of it. I'm a fat fireman. I'm starving right now at 10 o'clock, you know, and we're waiting for noon for lunch. So I'm going to put a proposal out there. Yeah, that's not yeah, a bad it. move. It's not a bad move. Ten, breakfast 10, dinner 5. Well, yeah. if you think about if what time you get allowed. to the firehouse, 10 o'clock is Noontime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I never got there. In 30-something years, I was only later than 6 o'clock once. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah that's so. just who I am. I like to get there and have my coffee and sit around. And what, what does it cost a guy to eat at the firehouse? We like would, 95 or today? Yeah. Well, even, came even, on. Yeah. even when I retired, when I retired uh, six years ago at my station, there was uh, three rigs. So yeah. there was an engine and a we – were, we were – our station was weird. If you went out this way, we had – 8,000, 9,000 square foot, $3 million homes. If you went this way, we had farmland. So we had an engine and a brush pumper and a tanker. <laughs> and huh. so there was four, five, five, six, seven or eight of us. Uh, we'd come every morning. It's funny you say that, Chris, because brush pumper was actually <laughs> Vince's college nickname. <laughs> Oh, I don't even want to. Does that have anything to do with the? Does that have anything to do with the couch? It has everything to do with the couch. It has everything to do with the couch. That may be one of my best ones. That's is for, that's top. top so, that, is, that goes top three. Top three yeah. We're only here for for yeah. thirty minutes at this point. So, um, so you got a, a lot of expensive homes on this side. You got, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so I was going to yeah. say the, the amount of guys there was seven or eight of us, and we would come in and give ten bucks a shift yeah. to eat, all right, all right. and then every pay period. Out of every pay period, we paid fifteen bucks in what we called house dues. Yeah, that's what we oh, bought yeah. the staples out of. You know, your salts, your peppers, your sugars, your flowers, and all that kind of stuff. So, so. it was ten dollars six years ago. Yeah. Oh. And we Jesus. ate. We eat like yeah. we eat like kings. Oh, we eat like kings. Fuck. It's been. I don't think it's ever been ten dollars a guy yeah. since we've been on nah. any of us. Right? Not oh, even yeah. close. No. What is it? it it's oh. twenty five now. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would say. I uh, now with the prices of meat well, and all that stuff now, who knows? When I when I. Started on the contract, it was fifteen. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah, um, fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was I'd fifteen. Then then everybody was all up in arms that right. it went to twenty, and now somehow your house is twenty five. My house is twenty five. Wow, twenty five shift single engine house, single engine house. And how do y'all ammo engine? Since we're talking, about, how do y'all oh, yeah. work here? Y'all twenty four on, twenty four off, twenty four forty eight. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, the EMS side does twenty four seventy two, um, and then uh, yeah, we do twenty four on, twenty four off, twenty four on, twenty four off, twenty four on, and then we're off four days in a row. Yeah. So that that yeah. so that three shifts we call it a tour. That three that we work the three twenty fours, and so it would cost you thirty bucks a tour to eat. I was just saying, I actually just talked to a guy from uh, I think it was South Bend, Indiana. Similar schedule, like yeah. they work, you know, again on off, on off, they, on off, a couple of days off. They've they've talked about trying to. I'm telling you, there'll be an uprising. They try oh, to. Yeah. I mean, if you take if you take that uh, that last shift of your tour, yeah. so you work your two twenty fours and take that third one, and then take the first shift back, you've got one, two, then your four or five. So you've got eight days, nine days off, and you've only burned two days of vacation. <laughs> Now, yeah. now, now people hate it, really hate us. Right, but, uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody else listens. Nobody no. listens. <laughs> you know, um, 
Mrs. Hurling thinks when I go to the firehouse that there is, I'm having a pizza party, okay? We're have, playing fun, having fun and Dude, games. Dude, I know, I know. You know, so, no, it, that rest is needed. Well deserved, Chris. <laughs> Miss, yeah, exactly. Mrs. Lieber, well, similarly, she's yeah. like, what are you guys yelling about when she's calling? And I'm like, oh, there's like a poker game going on. And she, she's like, oh, yeah, you guys work yeah. real hard. Huh? I'm like, fuck you, man. We, we did like nine after midnight. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to go out to dinner tonight, honey. Well, I thought I, I'd like to go out. She's like, well, you were at the firehouse yesterday. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, uh, uh, Dude, I'm right. I'm sorry, Chris. I know your story's kind of important. But <laughs> so me... <laughs> God forbid, God forbid, Steve, that Mrs. Hurley and Mrs. Lieber ever decide that they should get together. No. I'm worried about the nightmare that would ensue. We wouldn't allow to be friends. That's two worlds colliding. Yeah. Dude, I, you yeah. know, I don't want it. I don't ever want Can't it. Can't happen. I, I, know, so. I thought one of the greatest things when I was a new guy, uh, my second station I went to was Station 10, busy, busy, busy. Yeah. And my officer, who was a former Marine, I mean, he was... 20 year marine he's on the fire I mean, he was a hardcore bad motherfucker we, we had yeah. these we had these little quarterly books we had to do our first year on the job mm-hmm. he would say he would like he would write out a test for me if i didn't pass the test he wouldn't check me off i mean it was i had to he was but a, he was yeah. also he said hey we run all night he said uh you get your get your shit done he said i don't mind if you go back there and catch you an hour to nap he said because we're gonna be we were up all night every it just seemed like yeah. and uh so Safety i was like net. i was like I don't want to go home and tell my wife. I work for this guy who tells me right. to take a nap. He gave me an order. I, right. I mean, it seems right. He's like a former Marine, and he <laughs> gave me a direct order to take a one- to two-hour nap every day. Yeah, he <laughs> said, you will go to sleep or I will well, put you to sleep. <laughs> it, it was it was actually funny because, uh, you know, I'm very honest with my wife. I don't, you know, uh, about what goes on at work and stuff like that, you know. And uh, But so my, my dad was on the job, and so when I first got hired, my dad had a talk with my wife. And was basically like, <laughs> hey, listen, like we know you know what goes I on. I want to hear this story. Yeah. But when you're at a party, firehouse party, and the other wives around, don't tell them about this. Don't tell them about this pay extra paycheck. Don't tell them about you know, like or whatever. You know, like the kind of like, you know, it's he's like, you know, some guys, but my wife's just like, Yeah, whatever. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but don't explain like, what a furlough don't is. Ex- yeah, and don't explain like, what a daily day is. Oh, but yeah. I thought that was I thought I it was very I thought it was funny. Like he had to talk with her. Like, yeah. you know, like oh, hey, yeah. you know, when you go to the firehouse the party, debriefing. Dah, yeah. you know, don't worry about what the other guys Well, let's think. give Chris the true <laughs> test if Oklahoma's cool or not <laughs> uh, so chris you and i are working together at, at the firehouse i'm off that day female calls to the firehouse and asks hey uh is vince there what do you say <laughs> uh if i've talked to vince before <laughs> I, vince I, failed if to pre plan out i would probably go i might do like to get to I, know vince a lot better. No, I, I, I'm I would just probably using me as an example now, like, let me ask you this am i a station officer or am i just a firefighter you're just a firefighter oh i'm going he's napping right now or he's busy <laughs> my man <laughs> but if i'm an officer i'm going and I'll real quick, and I won't give the station number, and I won't give names. If I'm an officer, I'm hitting the tones real quick. Oh, he's taking a call right now. He'll be right well, back. I was going to say, if my, it's not about me, this part, but um, my wife's listening. I used to tell her I'd come home in the mornings from Station 21, squad, busy yeah. squad. I was a squad officer, and sometimes I'd come home, and there'd be every now and then we wouldn't make a ride, but I'd be exhausted. We used to have... And there used to be pay phones. I don't know if they still have them in Chicago or not, but there's like three. There used to be there used to be this convenience store, rough old part of town, convenience store across the street. And we yeah. had the number to the pay phone. So we would 
sit, we'd have the windows could see that. So we would call the payphone and these homeless guys, drunks or whatever, picking whatever, up the phone yeah. and we're just giving them shit. <laughs> I mean, all night long. And we told one that he picked up the phone and we knew who he was. He kind of ran a couple of ladies, he was a pimp, ran a couple of ladies in this little airline motel. And, uh, so my good buddy, Lindell again, I'll bring his name. He don't care. He's proud of it. <laughs> anyway, he'd call and he'd say, Hey, and he'd start talking shit to this guy on the phone. And he'd say, well, I'm over here with one of your women, you know? And so, I mean, long story short, this guy ended up going across the hotel and trying to beat a door down and got arrested. <laughs> and we're watching this whole thing. And we, uh, we had one guy, uh, he, the dumpster was outside the convenience store, so he. Uh, and this is what we do all night long. If we're not. We're up all night, we're either making calls or doing this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, other guy goes gets this purse he saw in the dumpster, and drops a big old deuce in it. <laughs> so, goes back out there and sets it by the dumpster. We call the convenience store. We see one of our. We used to have several cop buddies come in and do the reports. They were cool. Yeah, we met yeah, with just my, hanging out. Yeah. Well, we called the. We we saw him pull in the convenience store. So we call the convenience store and say, hey, um, I just bought something, something there. And I was leaving. I seen a purse uh, laying on the ground. And she, the lady was like, well, we have a cop. We'll have an officer right here. We'll have him go check it. We're up against this window with our binoculars and everything. And this cop walks out there, looks purse, and opens it up. And there's a big old smoking one in there. And the, and the first thing he does is he looks straight up or the windows at our fire station. We all duck behind the windows. But we would do that all night long. And so... I tell my wife, she's like, all busy? I said, oh, we, I didn't say we were busy. I said, we were up all night. We were up all night. But we were talking about your scenario. <laughs> Big old spoken one. <laughs> I was talking about your scenario. We had a guy who had a girlfriend, and he, this was this was going before I got there. That's This was their policy that when she came to the station, the guys would stand up front, and if his wife pulled in, they would, and she'd go out this back door to the park. <laughs> And uh, when I got there, I was station officer. They were so a blocking force. Yeah. They were, yeah. And when I got there, it was the one thing I just said. Oh. I just went to him. I said, I said, if I'm off, I don't know what y'all are doing. I said, if I'm off, right. I said, I said, I said, I said, but if I'm here, man, I cannot, not being a station officer, I said, I cannot partake in this little poor, scenario. Poor, poor, poor Chris, a, a God-fearing fella, Christian fella, and just fucking, and look at the position you put him in, Vince. Yeah. Look at the position. So, the morning <laughs> of the firefighter Chris comes through with the right answer. Like a, right. Right. Do, you, do you say, <laughs> no, he's not. He's off today. He's on furlough. Do you ever say that? Me? You're oh, not, I'm, I'll, I'll get him for you. That's what I would say. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, he's right. Here, actually, let me I, show you to Actually, I've probably done this. I've probably said, hey, some lady's calling for Vince. What do I tell her? That's probably what I would have said. <laughs> Vince is even his real name. We don't even know. <laughs> well, I think we could say the Oklahoma City guys, same rodeo, oh, different, uh, different cowboys. They're yeah. the same. They're- <laughs> cowboys. What a classy move saying cowboys instead of clowns. Well, yeah, I mean, well, they have cowboys, cowboys in Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah, we do. Lots of. I could call them rodeo clowns if you want. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. Just hey, what's, y'all, what's y'all's uh, policy on your show as far as back and break? Oh. Uh, we're gonna do one right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right, right now. Break. Break. The opinions and views are that of Chicago's bravest stories and their guests. They do not necessarily reflect the views of any municipal governments, fire protection districts, fire departments, EMS, 
or law enforcement organizations. Chicago's Bravest Stories is also brought to you by Illuminated Brew Works, located at 6186 North Northwest Highway next to the car wash. This place, obviously, one of our favorite joints. Uh, you, you guys can make sure to uh, find them on their website, ibw-chicago.com. Illuminated Brew Works, ibw-chicago.com. Um, this place, obviously, this was one of... No, this was our first live show, right? Also, if you want to try some of these beers, they're, they're breweries right there, literally 20 feet from where you're drinking. And if you want to try something, they'll give you a flight. Uh, try a flight of beer and really get a feel for all the beer that they have in that place. And go find your favorite. Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, there's not... I, I can't think of any beer off the top of my head that I've gone in there that I've hated. I mean, everything's awesome. Yeah, so. we've crawled out of that place, man. <laughs> we've crawled out of that place. It's so good. And, and we will again soon. Yeah. So, Illuminated Brew Works. <laughs>